This episode is brought to you by Aircraft Accessories of Oklahoma. When it's time for an aircraft component inspection, overhaul, repair, or replacement, you need experienced technicians you can trust and friendly service you can count on. Aircraft Accessories of Oklahoma, a family-owned business since 1959, delivers just that. Our techs have real-world experience and provide sales, service, and overhaul for piston engine aircraft accessories. We also have limited turbine capabilities such as fuel pumps, starter generators, and prop governors. And we can overhaul propellers ranging from fixed pitch to turbine. Propeller pickup and delivery service is available. And one more thing, mention this podcast to receive 5% off your next sale, service, or overhaul. Visit aircraftaccessoriesofok.com. This podcast is sponsored by Genesis Aerosystems, a Moog company and leading provider of autopilots for rotor and fixed-wing aircraft. The Genesis STEC 5000 is the latest digital autopilot providing increased safety plus decreased pilot workload. It's being certified for Part 23 and Part 25 retrofit aircraft such as high-performance turboprop and turbine jet aircraft. To learn more about the STEC 5000, visit genesis-aerosystems.com. This week on Hangar Talk, we're dedicated completely to the coronavirus, starting with, should you even be flying? And what about ATC Zero? Have you ever heard that term? Also, we'll do a full list of aviation event closures. And that includes the effects on the GA economy. Finally, what AOPA is doing to advocate for you at this time. Ian, are you ready to do some Hangar Talk? Let's do it, David. From AOPA, your freedom to fly. This is Hangar Talk. Turn right, heading 130, contact final 132.4. Turn right, sky back. With your hosts, Ian Twombly and David Tulitz. This is Hangar Talk. Welcome to Hangar Talk, everybody. I'm Ian Twombly. And I'm David Tulis. And David, you met up with our guest this week, uh, Barry Canoodala, out of King Schools. And uh, he had some great stuff to talk about in terms of some remote training and then what's going on there in California. Barry is a good person to talk to because in California, the governor issued basically a stay-at-home order, Ian. And we're going to find out what that means for flight schools. And you're right, Barry did have some great tips for all kinds of pilots who are using online to bone up on their studies. Okay. And then we also wanted to talk about kind of a special project we have going on. This is a repurposing of interviews. So if you're a regular Hangar Talk listener, you know that we come out every other Monday. But for the flight training audience, we wanted to try something just a little bit different. So Ian, you've been working on this for a little bit. Tell us just a teeny bit more about it so folks could get interested and get ready to tune in. So if you're a new listener to Hangar Talk or if you've forgotten some of the shows we've had on and some of the guests in the past, we'll be issuing about once a month a an interview that we've had in the past, but that is still relevant. And, and specifically, this is to the flight training community. So we're calling it Flight Time. You'll see it show up in the feed. And these will basically just be stripped out interviews that you've already heard on Hangar Talk. Well, it sounds good. I can't wait to hear about it. I know you've been working on it for a long time, and we have had a tremendous amount of guests with a lot of information. So yeah. hopefully we'll, we'll be able to hear about that really soon. Yeah, and hopefully, gosh, with everything as fast as it's changing, hopefully it'll, it'll still be relevant by the time it comes out in a couple of weeks. So. That's a good point, Ian. And with that, I'm going to throw it to you and uh, tell us a little bit more about what we can do to keep flying in these trying times right now. Yeah. So, you know, you've watched the news, you know what's going on, hopefully in your state and your locality, lots of kind of stay at home orders, shelter in place, businesses closing, that sort of thing. 
And of course, the first thing that pops up for a lot of pilots is, can they fly and, and should they fly? And AOPA has done a little bit of reporting on this, David. So in the form of can you and should you fly, I think the better guidance is to double check with your state and local government to make sure there's nothing in there that says that, that you can't and also make sure you can get to the airport. Yeah, that's a great point, actually. So you might be able to be at the airport, but can you actually get there? So obviously, everybody is grappling with this. First, you know, let's start from an individual perspective. You know, let's say my state has issued one of these state home orders, and it says, oh, but essential businesses are going to continue to operate. Now, we know this depends a little bit based on where you live. But for example, in California, this was an issue. And and what have they decided? So Ian, in California, Governor Gavin Newsom issued a stay-at-home order, and it limited travel to 16, it exempted, rather, 16 critical infrastructure sectors whose assets also basically included transportation, and a subset of transportation is, in fact, general aviation and general aviation flight school education. So there are exemptions to still learn with a flight instructor should your state comply with that precedent? Yeah, that's a good point. And, you know, should your state do that is, I think, the key there. Because, as we've said, and, I, you know, I, I wish we could go state by state and talk about what it is, but things are so dynamic. The bottom line is you have to know what's going on for you locally. In Maryland, for example, they've closed all non-essential businesses. Some flight schools have decided they're going to continue to operate. But AOPA, for example, has said no dual flights. They went for a time, actually, solo only, and I know some folks are doing that because you can maintain social distancing. But uh, the flight schools in our area are continuing to operate. Well, there's a lot to be said for keeping, you know, hygiene functions at bay. You know, we don't want the virus to spread anymore, and a, and a small GA cockpit is a, not a big place, so transmission would be a factor. And yeah, you're right, Ian, uh, some local flight schools in Maryland, some are open and some are not. And I think that has a lot more to do in, in Maryland with their particular economy and their particular management. But I will say this, I talked to my buddy Shinji Maeda across the country over in Washington State and the flight school that he works out of, they were open through the weekend, but just as of today, Following a governor's order uh, in the state of Washington, Shinji's flight school decided to close as well. So we, we want to take a good, close look at what's happening in your area. Yeah, yeah, that's true. And as you're saying, it's very dynamic. So what might be applicable today might not be applicable in a few days from now. So yeah, make sure you keep up on that. And obviously, you know, abide by these local orders because this is very important. And you want to be doing your part and be a, a good, uh, good member of that community. So now, for folks who are flying, we've seen now in a few of these ATC facilities, this ATC Zero. So, David, tell us, what is ATC Zero? So, ATC Zero happens when the air traffic system basically shuts down in a particular sector. And this happened after basically a staff member tested positive for coronavirus in the New York Air Route Traffic Control Center. And then that ATC zero status, basically it's an unplanned closing that the existing contingency planning could not prevent. Now, this also happened at other facilities. You know, we saw some empirical evidence from Las Vegas at McCarran International Airport. That's a class Bravo airport, right? Class Bravo airspace. 
And I believe there was some radio chatter that you could download and listen to where it was basically operating as a general aviation airport in an untowered facility for a brief while. Yeah, that's right. Same thing with Midway. That happened. And in fact, the FAA issued a notum because apparently, I mean, internet lore says, I don't, I didn't hear any, any of the chatter of this actually happening, but apparently some folks who live in that area said, oh my gosh, the tower shut down. Let's go do some touch and goes at Midway. This is our chance. And the FAA put a squash on that very quickly understandably. So yeah, it's something you do have to watch out for. Unfortunately, there's, you know, there's very little advance notice. I mean, these things have happened in New York. It happened, you know, seemingly without notice. Uh, I know for Indy, there was a short time they think it happened. McCarran, you mentioned uh, Midway. So yeah, it, it just it just happens. And, and what happens, at least with the center is, as I understand it, you just get a major reroute. But listen, Ian, don't forget back in 2014, there was a fire at the Chicago ARTC Center, and that shut down that area. And also just last week, Jim Moore reported on this. Unbelievably, there was an earthquake in Salt Lake City, which was centered really close to the airport. And so that shut down the tower facility there. They went to a temporary control tower for a short time. So there are other natural disasters and, and natural and, and other disasters that could escalate us to an ATZ zero situation. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And I guess I would say, you know, make sure you keep large fuel margins. You know, if you get these big reroutes, don't be afraid to stop. If you're flying with an iPad these days, you know, it's like keep that data updated. So you've got alternatives. I would have said before, you know, keep an airplane full of charts, but we don't have to necessarily do that anymore because you just never know. And it's going to happen more and more, I think, because what they're doing is shutting these facilities down. They're coming in and apparently fogging them and then kind of reopening. So and check notums. Don't forget, check notums. That's another key yes. takeaway. Yeah, that's a great point. So in addition to towers being shut down and, and centers, we're seeing a lot of aviation events either be delayed or canceled completely. So we wanted to take you through some of those. So David, why don't you why don't you start us off here? I'll start us off, Ian. And let me also remind our listeners, our Hangar Talk podcast listeners, that they could go to the homepage at AOPA.org and look at that, what we call the right rail, and you'll see the latest GA news and coronavirus updates. And a lot of the closure and delay information is on that page. But starting us off, the Farnborough International Air Show in the United Kingdom has been canceled. That was supposedly going to take place from July 20th to 24th. Arsenal of Democracy Flyover, which uh, we've talked about on this show, a lot of people were looking forward to. That was going to happen in May. That has now been postponed to September. And the 30th Annual World Assembly of the International Council of Aircraft Owner and Pilot Associations uh, meeting, that was planned for July 29th to 23rd. That has been postponed. Yeah. Also, the AEA show, that's the uh, Electronics Association. That's a big one for the GA industry. That one has been canceled. That's right, Ian. And, you know, folks who were thinking about going over to Sun and Fun, seaplane pilots would typically stop at the Seaplane Appalooza event in Tavares, Florida. Well, that has been canceled. That was scheduled for March 28th to 29th, so Seaplane Appalooza canceled. The Great Alaska Aviation Gathering, that's a big one, beginning of May, 2nd and 3rd. That one has been also canceled. For folks who are not flying in a general aviation airplane, maybe they're flying a drone, the AUVSI uh, has postponed exponential. This was basically a drone gathering, and it was previously scheduled for May in Boston. You mentioned Sun and Fun. The same week was going to be Aero Friedrichshafen. I think we may have talked about this the last uh, show. That one was canceled. Uh, that's over in Germany. 
and AOPA canceled our spring rusty pilot seminars, our teacher workshops for the aviation high school STEM curriculum, and ASI seminars that were going to be coming out to the community. Also, NATA, the uh, National Air Transportation Association, they had a quality control inspector workshop and also an FBO success seminar scheduled for April. Both of those have been postponed. And if you haven't heard about it by now, be advised that Sun and Fun has been delayed until at least May. And we have not heard if that's going to be delayed further, but I would say stand by for that. Yeah, absolutely. Also, uh, the Trimotor Tour. If you are uh, looking to see EAA's Trimotor at an airport near you, you're going to have to wait a little bit longer. That has been kind of postponed indefinitely. And also, Ian, the NBAA, the National Business Aviation Association, has published guidance on international travel and canceled many of their events in the spring and shortened some other conferences. So be advised if you're going to plan on one of the NBAA events, uh, they have canceled a lot of their spring seminars and conferences. Yeah. Now, finally, a big one for us for AOPA. The fly-ins. You've probably seen this already. Hopefully you have. If you were planning to go to the San Marcos fly-in, which is going to be in May, that has been postponed indefinitely. We're looking to see what we're going to do there. The Casper fly-in, which was later in the year, that one has been delayed for the following year. So it's going to happen. It's just going to happen a year later. Stay tuned for Rochester. That's uh, in September. As of now, that is on. But, you know, as we have said, things are changing rapidly. That's right. So Double check that uh, update page, that coronavirus GA awareness page for the latest information. Yep. Also, the economy. I mean, we have seen, obviously, major economic impacts across the world, really. And obviously, those things happen to trickle down to aviation as well. And we're starting to see some of the fallout there. David, I think one of the first things we saw was Textron laying off a bunch of folks. Absolutely. Well, they didn't lay them off, Ian. Let's clarify that now. So, Textron basically broke some measures to the uh, aviation manufacturer's 7,000 U.S. employees back on March 18th, where they're basically taking a staggered four-week furlough. And this is a little confusing to me because they've got a couple of uh, aircraft in the hopper there that they're just you know doing some testing to uh, bring to the market, and they came off of a pretty doggone successful 2019, according to the Gamma report. Yep, that's exactly right. So. Yeah, we'll keep an eye on them. Of course, you remember they they did lay off some folks and uh, do retirements and that sort of thing at the end of last year. On December 31st, no doubt. Yes, absolutely. Yep. That's a good point. WACA, which is up in Michigan now, they're closed until April 14th. They say that's to comply with an order from the governor of Michigan. So we'll see what happens with them when that order is eventually lifted. And you found out about another GA hit to the economy. Ian, uh, tell us a little bit about that. Yeah, Epic Aircraft. So they make that you know hot rod home built that is it's actually in certification, and they're very close to certification, to full certification. And they you know they say well the coronavirus has, has killed the business. They're down to kind of a skeleton crew. I think probably supporting current owners and maybe you know just answering the phone down from, I think, 300-plus to, like, 30-plus. So we wish them the best. My goodness. And listen, uh, just before we uh, got on the air here to do our Hangar Talk, you and I were chatting about this, and you found out today that Mesa Air and Commute Air, both regional airlines, also are looking at some negative effects of the coronavirus, too. Yeah, as I understand it, Mesa's furloughed. Now, there was some chatter that it was maybe just the new hires and not, you know, folks who have been on the line for a while. So I know Mesa's done some furloughs and then Commute Air as well. 
And of course, I mean, we've all seen the, the pictures of the majors, you know, American, Delta, uh, United, them parking airplanes as well. Well, um, about two weeks ago, I talked with someone over at United and also came to find out that their incoming class of trainees, now this this was not through the United Aviate Pathway, but through the regular, you know, regional airlines hopping up and, you know, joining the majors. Well, that first class this spring was also going to be delayed as well. Yeah. I was talking to, I mean, there's all kinds of amazing stories that are happening, I think, in the airline industry. You know, we talked to Carl Valeri last time about some of their, you know, loads in his airline. But I was talking to a Delta pilot who was flying an empty airplane. And I don't think that's terribly unusual. You know, they're keeping the routes, but but flying them empty. And you got to wonder how long that's going to last. Yeah, you were uh, telling me about that earlier. And actually, I talked to another pilot up in Michigan that did a little GA relief run with some face shields for hospitals. And uh, I don't want to name him, but he said that he works for a big airline based out of Atlanta. And only 300 airplanes are still operating right now. And over 600 have been parked. And the Journal-Constitution actually had some pretty incredible images of aircraft parked by the side of runway 2810 just a, a number of Delta jets there, and it just looked a little bit haphazard. But like you said, we've seen that there. We've seen it with United and also with American Airlines as well. Yeah, it's 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 really sad news. And I, I think, you know, the, the speed at which this has happened is is just, it's, I mean, it defies belief. You know, I mean, I think all of us are kind of, you know, we feel like we all have whiplash. And it's just, it's been such a fast turnaround. I guess the hope is that structurally, you know, it was all, sound before this happened. And so when things lift, maybe we'll get back to normal. But I, I do think it'll take a little while. Uh, it will take a little while. And actually, um, Barry Canudelo, when he talks to us in, in a few minutes, I think we'll find out a little bit more from his perspective. But you you wanted to jump into to what AOPA was doing. And I think you had some news for us coming from Mark Baker. Yeah. So, you know, AOPA has done a number of things through this from an advocacy standpoint. Some of it, you know, it's like, talking to the folks on the Hill and at the FAA to say, hey, GA is a vital part of the transportation sector here, of the economy. We can be helping and we should be helped, should be supported through this. But also just from a, you know, just from a day-to-day standpoint, immediately I think AOPA saw the impact to folks in their specific situations. For example, you have a medical, I have a medical. When ours expire, you know, a lot of doctors, they're just not taking normal patients right now. The clinics might be closed, whatever. What happens if you can't get a medical, if you can't get in to get a medical? What happens if you have a knowledge test scheduled? The knowledge test centers are closed. What happens if you, you know, your time is going to run out on your knowledge test and your DPE is canceling your check ride? I mean, these are all impacts that people are feeling. And so AOPA has has reached out to the FAA and said, um, hey, you got to give us you know, a little bit of special conditions here so that we can all get through this together. Yeah, we asked for 90-day extensions uh, and, and relief for some of these regulatory time restrictions, Ian. And as well, uh, you brought up a good point. You know, your medical or your check ride. I mean, you're going to be in close proximity to someone. And right now with the Centers for Disease Control and Prevention uh, suggestions and recommendations, you know, you, you really can't be that close to folks for fear of spreading the COVID-19 disease from the coronavirus. So that's a real interesting thing to be in. And also we asked for extension or relief 
of CFI renewal certificates because they expire every 24 months also. Yep, yep, that's right. Worried about maintenance, maybe, some access to maintenance and continuing airworthiness. And, and interestingly, EASA over in Europe has started to address this. And so there is precedent. And we do think, you know, the FAA will be helpful in this case. And, and maybe by the time that folks listen to this, there will be some news there. We're hopeful. Exactly. As it's a, a fast-changing landscape, as you mentioned just a few minutes ago, Ian, so folks need to stay tuned and figure out um, what the latest is. They can always hit us up at AOPA.org. You could also reach out to our Pilot Information Center. Don't forget, we have specialists there. Uh, you know, a lot of folks are working from home, but we're still working. So um, definitely make sure that you bookmark AOPA.org and check in often. Yeah, that's a great point. So David, I, w- I want to get to Barry. You guys had a great talk about, like we said, what folks can be doing to continue their learning at this time, and then also what, what he's seeing uh, in their location there in San Diego. Welcome to Hangar Talk, Barry Canoodala. You are the CEO of King Schools. You're a passionate pilot, a flight instructor. You've got a lot of experience flying in everything from a Great Lakes biplane to a Falcon 10 jet. And we're going to talk a little bit about King Schools and online learning. Barry, welcome to Hangar Talk. Well, thank you, David. It's great to join you today. Appreciate you coming on board. And look, I know um, the country right now is facing some very challenging times, Barry. A lot of us are working from home, including, you know, a lot of folks at AOPA. And I just was wondering what you thought about this time period as far as online learning. Tell us a little bit about what King Schools has for folks who are sheltering at home right now. Well, David, we, we certainly had no imagination of what's happening out there today and, uh, and how King Schools would be able to help folks in such a situation as, as we're facing today. But as it turns out, the fact that we made the decision oh, many years ago to go completely online with all of our courses has served King Schools very well up to this point, as well as our customers. But it's become even more important today because you have a lot of folks that are stuck at home and maybe they're working from home. Hopefully they're working from home at their jobs and they're able to do that. In California, the governor issued an order that everybody is to stay at home and shelter at home. And and that's what we're doing at King Schools as well. So all of our employees, well, about 90 percent of our employees are working from home right now. And we have just a skeleton crew at King Schools that are taking care of our servers and, and that sort of thing that they just can't do from home. And we're operating that way just under the flight school exemption, which was granted as part of the executive order by the governor of California. But in any case, back to your question, our courses are completely online, so our customers are able to make progress, even if they're sheltered at home. And they have the option to be able to access their courses through an internet browser using an internet connection. But we also have a companion app, which is an iOS app, works on the iPad or works on the iPhone, and allows you to download your lessons to your iOS device and take them anytime from anywhere, whether you have an internet connection or not. So we have a lot of folks that take advantage of that option as well. So 
doesn't even require an internet connection. You can pretty much study anywhere, anytime. Wow, that sounds good. That sounds like a real versatile uh, setup, Barry. And uh, you did mention a couple of things I wanted to follow up on, that King Schools made the decision quite some time ago to start offering a lot of coursework online. You know, I'm not trying to put you on the spot too much, but about how far back did you guys start to really make that push to go online more and more with content? Yeah, I'd, I'd say that that's been about about 12 years ago that we made that decision. And at that time, we were all on CD-ROMs and, and DVDs, and we were shipping a lot of product out of uh, King Schools, a lot of physical product. And, and we just kind of saw the way that folks were going in terms of where they were getting information, where they were studying, where they were learning. And uh, we saw the trend happening with, with YouTube, especially among our, our younger pilots, but really a, across the board. Folks just started getting information from YouTube videos. And we realized that that was where folks enjoyed learning, where they felt comfortable and since we are all video-based for our, well, with the exception of our professional courses, which are more text and graphics-based, all the King Schools courses are video-based, and they work really well to stream across the internet. So we started out with a couple of our courses, our best sellers, the private pilot instrument course, and you know, we have over 90 courses. So it took a little while to go through our entire course library and get everything online, but but we did it. We established the frameworks to, to get it done, and uh, we initially started streaming video out of our King Schools offices and realized that we needed something a little more world-class. So we partnered up with a company called Akamai, and they are one of the top internet streamers or, or content distribution networks that are out there, CDNs. And uh, they have the ability to stream video anywhere in the world. So we upload our videos to, to their servers, and, and they do an amazing job of, of moving video and getting it out to our customers without any hiccup and with, with very little buffering. It automatically adjusts to their internet bandwidth and speed of their computer and, and reliably delivers our, our video lessons. So uh, it took about five years to go through all of our courses and, and get it all online, but uh, but it's fantastic. Now we're, we're just streaming bits and, and not shipping nearly as much product as we used to, and our customers are happier with that. Well, it's um, for the customer, you know, the end game is the immediacy of it. You know, we're an immediate generation nowadays, uh, folks like myself and even younger people. Oh, yeah. I've got a teenage daughter. If you can't get it now, you might as well not have it, period. Yeah. Uh, you know, I've got a, a little bit of history with King Schools, too. I have did my private pilot studying with the King Schools videos. So I go back a ways to the video packages. So, uh, you know, there are quite a few things that John and Martha have said to me via video and I obviously like a lot of other pilots I'll never forget their their sayings and a lot of their coachings and mentoring and a lot of their little little sayings and slogans and stuff oh yeah well that's that's something we really try and work into our courses and and it's part of our king culture really is to is to give you those tools the things that you remember whether it's uh Black square, you're there, you know, to remember uh, what how the taxiway markings work and how you know what what taxiway you're on. That's one that a lot of people uh, quote. But there there's literally you know dozens and dozens of those little sayings that stick in your mind, and and it's it's a lot of work to come up with those. You know, they they seem simple and hokey sometimes, but but we put a lot of thought into uh, providing you with those those little little keys to remembering the important knowledge that you need to get through your 
your exams as well as to use in your your piloting career. Yeah, one of my favorites is uh, going from high to low, look out below when you're talking about about altitude and barometric oh, yeah. pressure. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, that's another good one. Well, let's take another, let's take a little bit broader look at online learning real quick during this coronavirus pandemic. You know, I'm over here in Maryland on the uh, eastern part of the U.S. and you're over, um, I guess, over headquarters on, in California. So online learning to me is a convenient way for folks to to bone up on their studies. And I'm wondering if you might have a few tips, just maybe off the top of your head, what are a couple of tips that you can give folks who are interested in online learning just so they can concentrate? Well, you know, it's kind of like working from home. You need to you need to be sure you have the time set aside. And I think that the the best thing to do is to figure out a time of the day when you have minimum distractions and you know that you can sit down and you can focus for a period of time because we're all distracted as as part of this pandemic. You know, we're inundated by news. We're dealing with different situations uh, with our work life and with our family life, concerned about friends and family. So I think that it's, it's really useful if you can just figure out a time, make an appointment with yourself where you can focus on your online learning. And uh, with the King Schools product, we have broken the courses up into really bite-sized segments. So if you've got even 15 minutes, you can sit down, watch a video that'll be five to 10 minutes, and then take the questions that follow the video in order to reinforce your learning. And you can bite off as many of those as you can handle or as you can allocate in your time frame. So as little as 15 minutes, you can make progress. And I think that that's one of the great things about online learning. Because you can study from just about anywhere, if you can make an appointment for 15 minutes with yourself, wherever you might be, you can make progress on your learning. And that that's just really important. So something that came to my mind uh, just now, since a lot of us are doing the work from home routine right now, and a lot of, it's a little bit new to some of us, but I think that's a great idea to go ahead and file an appointment with yourself via Outlook or whatever calendar you use for scheduling, and then have that time be uh, a time where you could focus and not have any distractions and set aside that time, make an appointment with yourself and be dedicated for, what, 15 minutes, maybe 30 minutes. Just do it regularly. Sure. I, I think that's that's a really important thing because you, you'd think we're all we're all at home now, or many of us are, are at home, and we'd have all the time in the world, but the the reality is that it's a it's a turbulent time. There's there's a lot going on and a lot of demands on our attention. But so far, I have to say, I've been thrilled to see that the amount of contacts that we've gotten to our online learning really has held constant. We haven't seen a drop off in terms of people studying their courses. And I'm really happy to see that, that all the distractions haven't taken people away from what's important to them in the long run. And that is, that's, you know, one of the things anyways, is, is making progress on their flight training and, and their learning in aviation, because most, most of us that are involved are passionate about what we're doing. And the coronavirus is going to, it's going to pass and we're going to be back to, well, a new normal at one point, but that, that need to continue to enhance our education and, and learn more, whether you're working on a, on a piloting career or just passionate about aviation. As much as we can keep that going, it's it's like a little touchstone that we can come back to during the turbulent times that uh, make us remember that we're going to get through this. And at the end of it, we're going to still have 
the ability to fly and we're going to have the ability to increase our, our capabilities as, as pilots. And I know I'm looking forward to that time to come and I'm, I'm sure everybody else is as well. You know, um, this is actually a pretty good time to start a course for pilots like myself. I'm a private pilot, a longtime instrument student, longtime commercial student. I've got a seaplane rating and I recently got my tailwheel endorsement. So for folks like me, this is really a kick in the pants to get my commercial and instrument studying in gear. What do you think about that? Well, I think that's that's absolutely true. And if you can work it work it out, I don't think that there's a there's a better time because many of us aren't flying quite as much as as uh, we were previously because of everything that's going on. But one thing that you can do is you can always work on your knowledge as a pilot, whether it's working on a new rating or certificate or it's just going back and studying and relearning the things, refreshing our our learning. I think uh, now is a great time to do that. My my wife is home right now, and she's working on her on her CFII and going through the the King Question database on a, on a daily basis and, and getting ready to knock that written out of the way. And and I think that there's a lot of folks that are that are seeing this as an opportunity to to progress. And and why not? It's I think it's a great opportunity. I agree, and uh, congratulations to your wife. And I know that you'll probably be a, a good cheerleader for her to encourage her through that. Let's take another look at something that's a little bit unfamiliar to me. You mentioned it earlier. I want you to tell me a little bit, Barry, if you don't mind, about the flight school exemption. For folks who might be listening to the Hangar Top podcast, we're recording this on uh, on March 23rd, some Monday, and, and so far, Maryland, where I live, has doesn't have a, as severe restrictions as we have for travel restrictions in California, New York, and Illinois. So tell me a little bit about that, and how is that impacting flight Light instruction. Well, there, there's certain sectors in our economy that have been identified as critical sectors. And one of those is transportation. And within transportation, you have aviation. And identified within aviation is flight training. So that's called out as a critical infrastructure sector. And the governor of California, Gavin Newsom, when he issued his executive order to ask folks to stay at home, he exempted those critical federal infrastructures. So essentially, flight training is exempted from the stay-at-home order, and it is continuing to go on. In fact, I was up flying just yesterday, and I had the opportunity to kind of get a pulse on what's going on out there. And at our airport, which is San Diego Montgomery, Montgomery Gibbs Executive Airport is the full name, there was a fair amount of flight training going on. And I, I heard folks in the pattern I saw them out in the practice area, and uh, and I was happy to see that, that they were able to continue. Now, I think that there's there's some things that flight schools need to do in order to keep their, their students safe and their flight instructors safe, and, and that has to do with, you know, obviously disinfecting the, the airplanes and doing as much of the ground school remotely as they can in order to minimize the, the physical contact. And I think another thing they can do is to make sure that they have a good set of questions to ask a student before going flying in terms of where they've been or have they been social distancing, have they been staying at home and minimizing their contact with others. There's certainly some risk in doing it, and I think it has to be something that's decided on a personal basis by the student, the flight instructor, and also the, the flight school, whether or not they're going to continue flight training at this time. 
but I see some are making that decision and they're, they're legally allowed to do that under the exemption because that, that's a critical piece of our future. It's hard to look beyond the virus, but there will be a time post-virus when the airlines are, are flying again needing, and we're going to be needing pilots. And I think that's why that flight training exemption is there. They know that, that we need to keep training if at all possible. Well, let's speak to that again, and I'm not trying to hold your feet to the fire being an expert on employment or anything like that, but I've written plenty of stories about Boeing's job forecasting, and every year in July for the past several years, they've been presenting the uh, pilot and technician outlook. Have you heard any kind of evidence at all whether that might be slowing down? And the reason I'm asking is because you are a CFI. And I'm wondering if you've heard, you know, through the aviation community or through other sources, you know, what's going on in the flight training world you know, with folks who have a career aspiration. Well, I, I think it's it's early to tell, David, honestly. We do know that, that there's been a couple of regional airlines that have had to shut their doors. And we know that a large portion of our fleet is currently grounded and uh, sitting in storage. Then there's been pilots that, that are simply not flying as a result for the airlines. So there, there's some real challenges out there. But from everything that, that I'm seeing and, and hearing, everybody's looking at it as a short-term challenge. And that uh, once we get through this virus, then things are expected to pick back up. There's going to be a recovery time. It takes time to get those routes flying again, get people in the air again. And mostly it has to do with getting the the customers having the confidence to fly again and start doing business as we have in the past. So I, I think it's all going to, it's going to put a delay in the hiring bubble, certainly. But I think that that hiring bubble is not going to go away. It's going to be there. It's just, we're going to have this pause button that's that's uh, engaged for a period of months, maybe a, a period of, of a couple of years, but that demand is not going to go away in the long run. Now, you've probably been in the business for a couple of years, and you've seen some of these waves come and go. Golly, we just were on a, a pretty intense you know, hiring spree, and that trickled down to the flight training world. Even folks who are beginning their basic private pilot studies with aspirations to become career pilots, and I've seen some of it too. I haven't been in the business that long since 2000. I've been a pilot since 2000. I've seen it come and go a little bit since then. I mean, uh, what does it take to get the public's confidence back? I think that essentially it, it takes a strong belief that there's not risk in terms of, of contracting the virus by flying. And that really just means we have to, we have to go through the process where, where the, the virus fades away as a, as a current threat. And I, I don't know exactly how that's going to happen, whether we're going to come up with an immunization, whether we're going to develop a herd immunity, whether we're going to just have to go through the process where it has worked through our populace enough that the risk of, in, of new infection gets smaller and gets close to non-existent. But, but travel is one of those things where, you know, you, you're traveling close proximity to others and there's risk of transmission of a virus. And I think that uh, it's going to take a big hit right now. And it's all dependent on the virus working its way through the system before we return to any sense of normalcy in terms of travel overall, including the airlines. 
Well, let's look to let's look to the brighter side of the picture a little bit here, because I know neither one of us are virus experts, although I did live in Atlanta for a number of years, very close to the CDC. Uh-huh. But you know, looking to general aviation, I mean, I went up Friday. I got uh, I got my night currency in in a Cessna 152 Aerobat. It was a lot of fun. The airwaves were really quiet. You know, the radio chatter was I was the only one out there and that's usually a pretty busy sector for the Potomac Center mm-hmm. but um, yeah, I noticed that first of all the ATC folks are really helpful to me I did a, a couple landings at nearby airports that had towers but general aviation to me seems like it could be safer when we're talking about virus transmissions I mean I would want to know where my passenger was if I took someone who wasn't a family member and I would think that it would be a little bit easier to track them down and find out about their contacts versus being in an airliner with 150 other people. Yeah. Well, that, that makes good logical sense to me as well. And I, you know, also not any, anything close to being an expert on, on virus transmission, but, uh, but nonetheless, if you, if you have your own aircraft and you know who's been in it and it's fairly exclusive to you, then, it seems to me that there's little risk in, in flying solo, and then the risk of being with others in the airplane is the same risk of, of having somebody over your home or, or being in close proximity. So I can imagine that general aviation can go on with, uh, with relatively little risk. It, of course, if it's a shared aircraft, then uh, you know all the disinfection recommendations would apply to use alcohol wipes or what have you to wipe down the, the aircraft. And, but it seems to me that general aviation, for the most part, should be able to carry on safely. Yeah, and I totally agree with you on that. You brought up a good point. I'm part of a flying club, the Westminster Aerobats, and we do share this 152 Cessna. And I was really careful about wiping down the control yoke, the throttle quadrant, the radio button dials, things like that, with some disinfectant cloths when I was done flying and just being a, a good shepherd if you will, just like I would at any other time. And we always clean the windshield anyway. We're wiping down the leading edges. It doesn't take that much longer to to get the appropriate disinfectant and kind of, you know, give the panel a, a quick wipe. But you do have to be careful. There's some screens that you don't want to touch with some types of alcohol wipes, you know, because you don't want to wipe off their protective coating. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that that's a very good point. And, and understanding what, what areas you can wipe with disinfectant and which you can't is... Uh, I think some something that maybe is new to many of us uh, in in the aviation world, but uh, I guess we'll have to figure that out as we go along. Yeah, and I'm I'm going to close in a couple of minutes, so I want to find out a little bit more, Barry, about flying in California right now. You mentioned it a couple of minutes ago that you know that's a little bit challenging, but on the flight school side, you know we do have that exemption. When you went up flying the other day, first of all, were you in your uh, Great Lakes or what kind of aircraft were you in, or can you say? Uh, this this one was uh, Debonair that that I own with my wife together. Excellent. And so what did you observe when you're flying out of California? So usually a pretty darn busy sector of airspace. I mean, were there some observations? You mentioned that flight training seemed to be going on as normal at the home airfield. Anything else? Yeah, I, I would say that it, overall, this, the radio chatter was quieter. Uh, no, no doubt about that. There was a noticeable reduction in traffic because previous to the virus, uh, flight training has been just going crazy in San Diego. And all of the airports have had their patterns continuously full and 
and the instrument approaches and practice approaches have been very, very busy and sometimes even hard to get. And and now it was uh, much quieter. It was more like, you know, maybe four or five years ago before the real flight training boom started hitting. But there were folks up there. There were folks training. There were folks asking for practice instrument approaches and flying them. So it was it was good to see. It hasn't come to a screeching halt. It's just uh, slowed a fair amount. And I'm sure that that has to do with people being cautious and, and different people willing to accept uh, varying levels of risk. That's a good point. And as you as the Keen schools do teach that we need to learn about the risks and manage those risks, that's probably a key point for a lot of pilots to consider. Well, that's absolutely right. You know, one of the, the key themes that we have at King Schools is risk management. It's something that's been a mission of King Schools for so many years to get out into the piloting community. We have a whole series of courses, risk management for pilots, risk management for uh, instrument flying, for passengers and their pilots. We have about six different risk management courses, and but they're, they all share exactly the same theme, which is being able to surveil continuously for change and then be able to ask yourself how that change impacts the flight as planned or as being flown and uh, and then thinking about what are the steps that I can take to mitigate that risk and I think that 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 same process can be followed throughout our lives including in in how we deal with uh, the virus and and asking ourselves you know what what's changed always asking you know what's changed and then responding to that change with ideas about how you can manage any new risk that's in, introduced and try and mitigate those risks. Not necessarily stop everything that we're doing, but being able to put measures in place, whether that's you know being very careful to wipe down all the controls of the aircraft that you're flying is a great risk mitigation. Or it may be that you decide that the risk is, is unacceptable and, and not fly. And that has to be a, an individual's decision. But, you know, we're happy to see that many folks are making the decision to still fly. And that will hopefully will continue throughout the crisis. Absolutely. Absolutely. I know you're busy because you've got a lot going on there um, with King Schools. And it, like like ourselves, you're working from home trying to manage things. So just so folks can... Uh, can find you guys online. It's obviously kingschools.com. And how many courses do we have now? You said somewhat like 90 courses, right? That's right. We have about 90 courses and we cover pretty much all the way from a student pilot all the way through to ATP and professional flying and beyond. We have courses, you know, about crossing the Atlantic, you know, with Nat HLA and all sorts of fun stuff like RVSM and so on. But the basics are we cover private, instrument, commercial, CFI, double I, and multi-engine and ATP all, all the way through. So we can take a, a student from their first thoughts of learning to fly with a bunch of free courses that we offer as well, including a, a course which is really fun to watch on your first flying lesson, just getting them started, and then uh, then all the way through to a career if they if they go so far. That's right. The uh, the free ebook is available too. It's called "So You Want to Learn to Fly." That's right. And I actually was at a John and Martha seminar where they were talking about their unwanted adventure, which mm-hmm. I think is a, a another topic that's uh, worthwhile for folks to to own in on and uh, take a look at that online. And as far as online learning, you guys have quite a breadth of courses. You mentioned that King Schools is open. The online courses are, of course, working. We talked a little bit about tech support. We have a, you, you mentioned you have a very robust server available for streaming. 
and everything is 100% operational. Any other changes that you see coming uh, with King Schools in the next couple of days, weeks, as this unfolds? Well, we expect to be 100% operational and and going on business as normal for us. So we've got employees working at home, but fortunately we have a good enough technology infrastructure that it's really seamless for us to operate the business with employees at home. And, And we're thrilled about that. We use Microsoft Teams to do meetings on a regular basis, video conferencing, keeping everybody up to date. So I don't see any real change coming other than we've got some new products coming down the pike and we're continuing to work on those. Some exciting ones I'd love to tell you about, but uh, they're still secret. So we're going to be working on those and stacking up a whole bunch of scripts so that we're ready to shoot in the studio as soon as uh, we get the employees back in the office. So we're, we're having as, as good of a response, I think, as we possibly can to this situation. And good for us, good for our employees, and, and good for our customers in terms of having the option to continue their studying even when, when things around them are, are in turmoil. And, uh, and I certainly wish the very best for all of our pilot friends out there and happy studying. Hope you do well. If you're new to King Schools, you can try out our courses for free. Just come to kingschools.com, click on the free courses section. And I'm not sure how many we've got there, but we've got a number of free courses that you can take to try out the King Learning and see if it works for you. Barry Canoodle, that's some great advice. You know, double check some of these free courses to get a taste of what's on store online. But you also came to the plate with a lot of really good advice for aviation management and also some online studying tips to go ahead and schedule time out, personal time for that. We talked a little bit about risk management. We talked a little bit about still going out to the airport and also inside the aircraft, a couple of steps to take during the coronavirus pandemic, which is not that unusual from a normal flu. You know, you'd want to still keep your social distance and be careful about disinfecting things. So some of this stuff is pretty much common sense, and uh, we'll just have to see how things unfold. But Barry, I appreciate you being on with us today, and also appreciate your insight to aviation and your positive outlook for the future. Is there anything else we didn't talk about that you want to bring to the table? Well, I I want to thank AOPA for the great work that you guys do in keeping our pilots informed, giving them resources and ability to deal with crisis, but but also just in their day-to-day flying with everything you do from the medical protection and, and so on. AOPA has been a leader in general aviation for so many years. And and I just want to say we appreciate you guys and keep up the good work as well. Well, thank you very much, Barry Canudula from King Schools for giving us some insight on California flying, uh, negotiating the coronavirus pandemic, and some great tips for online learning. I appreciate your time. Uh, Tell John and Martha we said hello, and we hope to see them at a fly-in soon. You certainly will, and and, uh, we'll go on all that. All right, thanks again. Take care, Dave. Yeah, David, it's a, an incredible time. And um, Barry, as usual, smart guy, a lot of good things to say there, good advice.
Absolutely. And Barry had some great tips on studying from home, whether you're a new pilot, whether you're studying for your, your next level, like, you know, folks listening to the program know that I'm a, a longtime instrument student and commercial student. Well, he gave me some good <laughs> tips for that. So I'm going to get some of my studying uh, off the ground here using some of those tips and scheduling my appointments with my own self to make sure I've got time for that. All right. That's good. Everybody stay safe out there. That's all the time we have for this week. I'm Ian Twombly. Our editor is Austin Hansen. And I'm David Tulis. Don't forget, you can find us at aopa.org slash hangertalk. We're also on iTunes and on Spotify. All right. We'll see you next time. See you next time, Ian. Hangertalk from AOPA. Your freedom to fly. <laughs>